Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have the phenomenal band. Gemini Syndrome coming on tonight, and vocalist Aaron Nordstrom is going to be joining us momentarily. So I'm extremely excited to have him on. I've done a lot of research on this band, and these guys have an amazing journey and story to talk about. So we're going to get into that momentarily. Just want to thank everyone for joining the show, everyone who's been supporting it. A little bit about my background. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and I work primarily as a forensic and clinical psychologist. And one of the things I've always enjoyed doing is just interviewing people and getting to know people and and bringing stuff out in them. My other passion is the entertainment industry. I have a background as a singer-songwriter. I do some writing for some magazines. And then I created this radio show because I really wanted to be able to support people, bring people on, and help spread the word about them. I know personally when you're an independent uh, entertainer, it's very difficult and challenging. And so I really wanted to create this forum so that I could support people and promote them and help spread the word about them. So I'm going to show you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession, a couple things I ask people to keep in mind. And um, I have a great sense of humor, so I want my guests to feel down-to-earth, grounded, talk about whatever they'd like, is that although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not going to do any formal therapy, but we will um, sometimes tie in psychological concepts. Um, Gemini syndrome, just the band itself has a lot of symbolism with it, and uh, I'm really interested in learning more about these guys and their backgrounds and content of their music. So we will talk about some of that stuff tonight. Also, just want my guests to, you know, if you want to talk about any embarrassing, humiliating stories, et cetera, just to keep any specific uh, names of persons, organizations, et cetera, anonymous, just so that we're not personally embarrassing or humiliating anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in at 805-243-1320. I do have all the information up in the chat room. Um, Because I am a one-person show, I will try to go into the chat room. But again, if you want to ask a question and I can't get to it, you can always call in. So let's do some background on information on the band, and then I'll bring Aaron on. So this band, when I was doing some research on them, they formed only a few short years ago, approximately in 2010. They're based out of Los Angeles, and it's it's hard to describe them. I mean, some people have labeled them as alternative metal. Um, Some people call them hard rock and metal, but these guys definitely are combining a variety of different genres in their music. Um, It's definitely not a cookie-cutter band. These guys have their own original, unique sounds. Uh, the band, as we know, is fronted by Aaron Nordstrom, who is uh, formerly of OTEP, and we're also going to also introduce all the other guys tonight, so I don't want to reveal that yet. I want Aaron to be able to do that later on. Um, their band's music, as I said, it definitely has a lot of symbolism with it. it it's deep, it's dark, it's emotional, melodic, but there is uh, a cryptic meaning throughout their music where they do have some positive connotations, and I think people can really pull that away when you listen to it. The band signed with Warner Brother Records, and they recently released their um, album Lux, which is out right now featuring the hit single Stardust. It's been featured number one on uh, Sirius XM Octane, which is one of my favorite stations, and that's actually where I found out about Gemini Syndrome. And they're currently on tour with Exodus and I Set to Kill. So for more information, check them out. Go to GeminiSyndrome.com. And I personally want to thank Tom George of uh, Fix It Publicity. 
and he's been great just recording this interview. Very professional, and it's been a pleasure working with him. So check out his company. It's spelled F-I-X-T, Publicity. You can find him on Facebook, and uh, definitely become a fan of them. So let's bring Aaron on. Hey, Aaron, Hi. how are you? Hey, I'm doing welcome. great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, it's a pleasure having you on and promoting Gemini Syndrome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, again, my interviews are very open-ended. I'm going to kind of have you guide me. I have some stuff prepared, but I will take it in whatever direction you want to take it in. Um, I often start out, I really like to find out just a little bit about you as a person. Tell me about, you know, where did you grow up, a little, about, a little bit about yourself as a kid, what were you like, what were some of your interests, and then we'll start to kind of do a timeline to get into the band. Okay. Um, I grew up outside Chicago. I started playing music very, very young. My mom is a singer. Okay. Um, so I was always surrounded by her singing, and I think that motivated me to do the same. Uh, she put me in the nice. piano what very young. Of, really quick, if you don't mind, I'll interject a little bit. What type of music, what type of singer was your mom? She does, uh, like, gospel, big band, musical kind of stuff. So opera-esque nice. kind of things. Um, so I was raised really around that. I got into piano very young, uh, played classical and jazz, and then uh, became a teenager and started developing a personality and got angry. So I found rock and roll music and started playing guitar instead. <laughs> okay. Okay, so as a kid growing up, music was your main thing. Were you involved in any sports? Did you have any other types of interests while you are growing up in Chicago? Yeah. Um, the only sport, I'm, I have albinism, which means I don't have any pigment, which affects my eyesight. So I wasn't really okay. good at sports. I enjoyed it. But uh, the only sport I could join was uh, wrestling because it didn't work. You didn't have to pass a test. You didn't have to get accepted to the team. You could just wrestle if you wanted to. And uh, okay. I think eventually that led me into learning uh, martial arts. I did Hapkido and uh, Kung Fu for, for many years now. Wow. And I read that about you. That was really interesting. And did that, like you said, because of your albinism, was that one of the reasons you got interested in the martial arts too, just because, as you said, with some of the restrictions and things that came along with the activities? I think partially, yeah. Um, it ended up more or less being a a real favor to me because it taught me mm -hmm. like spatial awareness and taught me about my body. If I can't see that far away, at least I know where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that really sure. affected, I think, the way that I've that I've lived my life. Uh, a lot of people wow. don't, you know, they don't realize. They get surprised. They're like, "Oh, I'm legally blind." Really? You seem to right. You seem to, hide it almost, you know, like I've just learned to adapt as best I can, but um, not only physically, but on a spiritual level, too, that certainly influenced me in, you know, in a huge way, so definitely a blessing. Yeah, definitely. If you don't mind me asking, how does that affect you when you're on stage? I mean, and you're playing in front of you know, uh -huh. hundreds of thousands of people, and if you, again, I'm doing this on a professional level, I think it's just something that if someone else out there is experiencing, you know, what you have or has went through that, what you might be able to educate them about. Sure. No, I'm not offended by any means. Um, it's interesting. You know, if, we do, if we're doing, like, club shows, the, uh, the difficulty is that it's dark and there's flashing lights. Um, right. And I go on stage without my glasses on, so, you know, tripping over 
either equipment on stage or my bandmates or anything like that is one thing. Uh, but when we're doing like festival shows, we just did Carolina Rebellion yesterday. We played uh, early in the afternoon and sun's right in your face. So I'm looking out at literally thousands of people and I'm squinting and, you know, trying to, you know, connect with that, but it's incredibly mm-hmm. bright and it's just always a different um, challenge. I don't mind it. You know, I've lived like, like this my whole life. So it's not a bad thing, but uh, it's certainly a challenge. Sure, sure. No, and I can see how, like you said, with your music, and we'll definitely get into some of the spiritual stuff because that's definitely, you know, a theme throughout your music and stuff and just kind of going through some pain. But as you said, in the music, there's also this positive connotation that you definitely have um, spread throughout it too, which I think says a lot just about you and your your deep writing and lyrics and stuff like that. So we'll get into that. But thanks for thanks for sharing that. I you know I can imagine that must be very challenging at times. Um, I try to be as open of a book as I can. Okay, okay, cool. And again, I, like I said, I want you to feel comfortable. So you go, you know, you reveal as much as you want to. Um, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. I went to school for psychology as well. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to maybe talk some time off the air because I can definitely see the stuff in your music and I was just working out to it. I just got home from working in corrections all day and uh, your music is just great uh, energy release. So uh, really cool stuff. It's great. Um, And I have to admit, originally when I listened to it, and I'll I'll be open with you, I mean, I like heavy stuff and originally I was like, whoa, this is really heavy. Like at first, but once I got through it twice, like maybe two times, I was like, holy crap, this stuff is just, it's just so amazing and so catchy. And it was just, yeah, it's, it's great. It really Thank is you. great stuff. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so let's get back to, so you're getting, as you said, you're getting into your teenage years. You were playing piano, guitar too, did you say? Yep. Uh, piano, guitar, okay. drums, bass, and vocals. Wow. And was there anything specifically that you wanted to focus on, or you were just kind of trained in all the different instruments? Um, when did you start to move more towards, you know, you played guitar with, with OTEP I read about, and of course now you're the lead vocalist for um, Gemini Syndrome. So when did you start to kind of get into, you know, what you were going to pick to do? Um, I started playing in, like, rock bands, like having my own bands when I was about maybe 12 or 13, I did all sorts of different styles, and I've had, like, uh, like Counting Crows-ish type bands. I've had, okay. uh, black, like, black metal bands, you know, like I was playing all death metal all the time. And everything in between, I've done acoustic stuff and, like, almost folk, like Elliot Smith, Jeff Buckley stuff. I just, I'm a, I'm a lover of music. Um, but I think when it came down to deciding to try and... Uh, pursue this as a career, as like a, a lifelong thing, it's just really about what do I really want to express. And uh, and that still comes out in all different forms and fashions, but as far as playing like rock and roll music, playing shows for people, and um, really kind of just being able to spread a message, say a point that somebody will listen to and hopefully is uh, inspired by or influenced by in a positive way. And... Mm-hmm. I think the best way to do that is to do it honestly for yourself. So, you know, I mean, I guess I, I'm saying I get off on what I do. I get off on getting right, up and, right. and spewing that emotion out and being aggressive at times, but being pretty at times. And um, 
I don't really think there's anything else I could do in this world. You know, like I told you, I went to school for psychology. That was my intention. I studied martial arts, but, you know, there's all these options. But I think at the end of the day, I had to play music. I think that was just what I was put here for. Right. Where did you, real quick, and and this is a good time to bring that in, because I want to talk about, like you said, how do you choose to, you know, go into music as a profession? Um, Where did you go to school for psychology? Where were you studying that at? Uh, I went to North Central College in Naperville, Illinois, and uh, okay. Northern, Northern Illinois University. Um, I studied music at both of those schools and also Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you cut off for a minute. Yeah, no. And so was, you're, going, you're going to school, you're, you're studying psychology, you're studying music. So when do you kind of get to the point where you're deciding, you know, I want to pursue a career in music? Were you realizing how difficult and challenging it might be? Tell us a little bit about kind of your thought processes and how you chose the that direction was, to go in that you did. That was kind of a jump in the pool and hope that it's not the shallow end kind of choice. Um, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I hope. Uh, I had been in Chicago and had gone to school, like I said. I had been studying martial arts, and I was thinking about pursuing a lifetime of that at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was playing in bands, too. And uh, at some point, sitting at a at a coffee shop at 3 in the morning, my friend and I decided, like, let's move to L.A. and just go try to do this. Let's go to MI. We'd all we'd been musicians for, you know, years and years our whole lives like let's go to music mm-hmm. school and let's go to LA and let's jump in that scene and see uh see what happens and okay and how old are now, you about now when you guys are talking I, about doing this I think we we moved in late February or March and I turned 21 that April so we're looking at you know 11 years ago okay. um we went to school I worked at Musicians Institute while I went to school I was in numerous numerous bands I eventually got invited to play guitar for OTEP. I did that. Um, I left that project uh, just under two years. Um, went back to Chicago and had more projects and uh, was deciding whether or not I wanted to live in L.A. or Chicago and really go back, kind of jumping in the pool again. And okay. uh, this, this project kind of manifested itself kind of put itself, I think, in all of our laps. I think we were all in the place where we wanted to really commit to doing something and doing it on a professional level, doing it on a career level, and it just worked out amazingly for all of us. Right. I mean, no pun intended for you, the stars uh, really did align, and uh, Morning truly, Stars, truly. Gosh, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. Um <laughs> But why don't you talk, as you're you're talking now about how, you know, you move back to Chicago and you're deciding to jump back in out in L.A., talk a little bit about um, Rich, and how do you say his last name? I don't want to botch the poor guy's uh, name. Jeswick? Jeswick, yeah. Jeswick, okay. So I was reading about how around in 2010 he has a bunch of songs and uh, somehow was introduced to Mike Dolan, and uh, that's where things start to get rolling. So talk a little bit about that and then how, how you were brought into the picture, how they kind of got introduced to you or if you already knew them. Um, Rich and I have mutual friends. We'd both been out in LA. Like everybody in the band had been in LA for a few years. Uh, kind of okay. in like separate scenes but connected. So we all have mutual friends and whatnot. 
Um, he contacted me through one of those. I knew Mikey from touring with OTEP. He was on my first OTEP tour when he was in in vitro. And he had become a really close friend of mine over those years. I stayed in contact with him when we found out that uh, we were doing the record with him, the original, like, full length before Lux, like all the demos and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He had called me. I was in Chicago writing. And, I was, you know, I'll never forget sitting in, a, in the foyer of my mom's house, like, talking to Mike. He's like, dude, we're doing a record together? Really? I mean, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. And, like, as you said, all the stars aligned in such a, such a precariously good way. Um, right. It's kind of cool to look back on it when I get to talk about this stuff, you know, and, and see the journey that we've been on. It's been pretty intense. And, you know, it's interesting, and I was I was really paying attention, not that I haven't, but I wanted to throw out some of the lyrics that you use because I, I haven't done that, and I thought it would be a really cool thing, especially with the type of music you guys have and the symbolism, and you would, you would appreciate this. I definitely want to bring in the idea of, you talk about how, you know, it's not just what's on the surface, it's what's beneath it. And it's like kind of in psychology that manifest latent thing. And I'm always that person saying, what does that really mean? Like there's more to it than just what that person's saying. So I think something that really describes you guys is how you talk about how it's, you know, the journey is more important than the end. And it's just such a, a deep and meaningful lyric. And every time I hear it, it's so true because I can reflect in my own life just on all the challenges and difficulties I've had and how I can process how the journey is been important and what you learn about it is so important. So, you know, as you're talking just about the stars aligning and things coming together, I think it's also important, like you say, to reflect back on, you know, going through the motions too, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally sure how to respond to that. Uh, uh it's okay. I really took a lot of, as I'm researching you guys yesterday, it was just so cool because I was able to really pull in some psychology just with, you know, your journey and your music. And it was really cool. It was like a really cool combination of things. But respond that's, in whatever way you want to. I mean, that's that's personally one of my favorite lyrics on the record. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I wrote it maybe not necessarily in the, the most honest place. It was kind of almost a reminder, like, hey, hey, idiot, don't forget, you know, when I mm-hmm. go through bad times. Like, the journey is more important, man, don't forget. And, uh, like, like, being able to share that with people, like, you're bringing it up to me, like, that affected you. Like, how cool is what an honor for me that I spewed something out of my twisted brain and you know, it, it resonated with you somehow. So, like, how cool is that? Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, but it's, it's it, great. It, it, it's therapy for all of us. It's therapy for me, too, you know? Right. I was just talking to somebody the other day. I'm like, I've been playing these songs for, for a long time. I've played music my whole life, and those feelings resonate with you. But I had to remind myself the other day to remember um, – I guess the place that I was coming from when I wrote this stuff and remember right. that it is therapy in that, in that sense that you are expelling some kind of energy and sharing it with the people that are there with you. Instead of just going through the motions, you know, and phoning it in or whatever, like, Oh, I'm just playing another show. No, man, everything, everything you put out there has some sort of resonance to it. And uh, mm-hmm. the more I put into it, the more I get back. Cool. Well, it's, it's it's paying off for you guys. I mean, you can absolutely see that, and it's paying off pretty quickly. I mean, it's just really 
cool to see how within four years, I mean, you guys have gotten as far as you have. I mean, I've interviewed so many national bands that I've been so fortunate to have the opportunity, and most of them will say to me, like, on average, 10 to 12 years before they... Yeah. And not that you guys haven't been involved in stuff. You guys have. You've been involved in major stuff. But just, you know, forming as a group and just having this happen sure. in that kind of time is just really cool. I totally really agree. Cool. We were talking with somebody so, yesterday in Carolina about the same thing, and uh, I think they coined the phrase yeah. something like a, a decade of overnight success because really everybody's been doing this for a long, long time, not necessarily together, but, you know, we've right. all been involved in music and in the scene for, for years and years, but it, it really is an honor and a blessing to see how far we've come as this band, as Gemini Syndrome, in, in you know, such a short amount of time. And uh, Definitely. the support we've had from people to get us there has been overwhelmingly awesome. Definitely, and that's that's so key. I mean, the support on so many levels from the fans, you know, to the management team and just having the yep. right people. It's, it's just, as you know, I mean, in psychology, I mean, having that support system, sometimes that's a mm-hmm. huge part of it. It's not always just the therapist, you know, so it's, yeah. Yep. It's really, and having really having cool. people around you that believe in it as much as you do exactly. you know, has made art of any form that mattered over time so important. Right. Is that the people who are creating it and the people who are who are living around it both see the vision and they, they you know everybody believes. Cool, very cool. Well, let's do this because I want to definitely fit in two songs, if not even three, because your stuff is so good, and I was having such a hard time. Of course, I want to play Stardust, which will be the first one we'll play. Um, and then we'll okay. come back and think a little bit about, I want to talk about how, you know, your first show at the Roxy and how you're kind of this unknown band, and it's, you know what I mean, and, and within a matter of a few weeks, you're you're signed to a major label and you know, or management team, you know, et cetera. So think about that stuff, because I definitely want to talk about getting into that when we get back. But talk about Stardust and this song and just kind of the meaning for it to you. And, uh, yeah, it's just great. The lyrics are just awesome. Uh, Stardust was a motel in the town that I grew up in. And uh, I had a lot of experiences. There are a lot of different types of experiences. So the song, huh. I, don't know why the, I don't know why the name popped into my head because it wasn't like, we hung out there all the time or anything, but just a few life-changing experiences and the people that were involved in those, some of which okay. I talk to, some of which I don't, some of whom are gone from this place. Uh, it was just kind of a thank you, like an ode to that time in my life, my teenage years and growing up in that place that ultimately led me here. That's why I say you're perfect. You're perfect in my mind and you won't fade away. Hmm. Interesting. And what is this stardust pouring from your eyes? It's just, that's that's such a cool lyric. What is the um, analogy with, I mean, I have an image in my head, which is kind of interesting, but, yeah, what is that analogy? There is a principle in Zen Buddhism called transmission. Okay. When the Zen master and the Zen student sit and meditate facing each other, and at some point mm-hmm. their consciousness exchanges. Um. I'm not saying that I'm a Zen master by any means, but I've had an experience like that where I sat with a very, very close friend of mine, and we we looked in each other's eyes, and something very um, I don't even know the word to use ethereal profound? happened. Yeah, very profound. Profound. 
Okay. Yeah, like we we exchanged consciousness at that point, and he was he's part of that song, and uh, so the stardust pouring from your eyes is like as it right. pours back and forth and creates that infinity of 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 true consciousness. Very cool, very cool. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's check this track out, and then we'll come back and talk more about the band coming together. You guys getting to where you are today, and uh, the record, and all that good stuff. All right. All right. Hold on, Aaron. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to Aaron Nordstrom, who is the lead vocalist of Gemini Syndrome. We're going to check out their hit single, Stardust, which is off of their album, Lux, that is out now. So be sure to pick a copy of it, download it, um, and also check them out at GeminiSyndrome.com and check them out on tour with Exodus and I Set to Kill. Here's Stardust, and we'll be back in a moment.
right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Elliman Show. And, again, that was the hit single, Stardust, by Gemini Syndrome. So, again, please pick up a copy of their album, Lux. It is an amazing album. Every song could literally be a hit single off of it, and it's out right now. So visit them at GeminiSyndrome.com. All right, Aaron, great stuff. Great, great song. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. And I mean, that's how I found out about you guys was from uh, Sirius XM Octane. I literally have not listened to Terrestrial Radio since that came out. I mean, I've had Sirius for like six or seven years now, and so many amazing bands that I just learned about on that station, and you guys are one of them. They've uh, shown us a ton of love. There's no question about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely good stuff. So um, so let's get into your coming together as a group. And what did you feel, I guess, initially, like you said, you've been in so many bands, and here's another band as Gemini Syndrome is, is forming. Um, what was different about this band that you guys, you know, really clicked? Uh, it, there was a certain... Um, there's a certain quality to it, I think, that caught my attention. Um, you know, Rich had a lot of songs, had a vision, um, and it happened to be the same one that I wanted to also propagate or be a part of, you know, and he just mm-hmm. kind of showed up. All the members, like, within a very, very short time, like I said earlier, we, you know, we have mutual friends and mutual uh, scenes in the Los Angeles area or whatever and uh, it was just a perfect thing that came together everybody was trying to do the same thing everybody had the same idea and uh, it just manifested itself it really at that point I was questioning like what am I doing at all and it literally fell in my lap it was like well you're doing this now okay it wasn't even really a question to write this record right you know, help be be a part of this band. Cool. Very cool. So Mike Dolan, as you said, he's getting involved, and you guys are going to be you're writing with him, doing some stuff. And then so when do you guys talk, talk a little bit about this, this show that you guys do where, you know, you're on this bill with a bunch of pretty big bands from what I read about, Yeti, Old Fashioned Beat Down, The Kill Corpse. Um, and you're kind of the newbie, so to speak, on the block, and by the time you're done with that show, you have a lot of new fans and a lot of other stuff in the works that's going to be, you know, making you guys become who you are. Um, I mean, between all those bands and all the people in them, all the fans, all the mutual friends, we had a lot of support coming out the gate, you know. We were able to put Mm -hmm. on a really big first show. Um, Mikey Doling was quintessential in it. He, he supported mm-hmm. us and, and, you know, pumped us to everybody he could. And like I said, he's been my friend for years and years, and I can't thank him enough for it. Um, I think there was definitely an element of having something to prove, though. You know, being in L.A., sure. and it, it, the, the uh, you know, the capital of entertainment, you know, of right. the world and stuff, and everybody's there, and, trying to make it. Everybody wants to do this for a living. I just heard a quote from Zach Wilde the other day. It was something to the effect of, uh, you know, there's two types of people. There's people who want to be rich and famous, and there's people that want to do it for the integrity. And you have both of those people in there. But everybody's still there doing it. Everyone's still there. I'm sorry, you said 
people want to do it for, to become rich and famous. People want to do it for the integrity. And then what did you say? Oh, I've been doing this my whole life. I mean, I just do it. For, oh, okay, okay. Because I do it. I'm just saying there's so many different attitudes that come into that kind of scene, you know. And uh, right. I think instead of trying to compete with the other bands in our area, instead of trying to, like, be top dog on the food chain, that was never, like, really the intention, you know. Instead mm-hmm. of that, it was like, well, let's let's put on a show and let's have, like, let's put all the bands that, you know, were in this community together already. Like, let's put us all together and have one big right. show instead of everybody trying to fight and climb the food chain. And uh, looking back over the past couple of years, it's like how many of those bands have done great things and are, are, are doing this all the time, you know? Right created a community we created a uh, or helped helped create uh, an interaction between artists and musicians and that's really cool because you don't like you said you don't see much of that it's usually you know everyone trying to you know one up your or do the better band or you know so it's that's really cool that you guys use that type of a method in terms of you know trying to support other bands and, and be a team, so to speak. Yeah, and I mean, we trade, you know, we traded shows with, like, the band otherwise. We trade Vegas shows for L.A. shows. Nice. Like, you put us on this, we'll put you on that, that kind of stuff. And just be creating cool. relationships, you know, creating a community, mm-hmm. creating a family. And, like, why wouldn't we do that? Right. It is. It's. I agree with you. It's so key. And even... Like you're saying, with with the way you've worked so hard and and myself personally, just chipping away slowly and slowly, all doing it on my own. And as I make little dents, and then it's interesting when people start to, you know, they ask you for things. And, hey, I'm all about, you know, supporting people. That's what I'm about. But it's just a shame sometimes when you give back and you continue to give and then there's nothing in return. But that's okay. I believe in karma. I like your Buddhist stuff. I mean, that's all really cool stuff. And I... I do believe in that type of spirituality and, and good things do come to those people who, you know, work hard and, and give a lot. Um, so that's great that you guys do that as a band. That's not even spirituality or belief. That's science. You put energy out, <laughs> energy comes back in a certain way, you know. Cool. Well, I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that theory. That's what karma is. Do. Karma is physics. <laughs> karma is what's that? Karma is physics. Is physics, right, right. Well, maybe you'll have to educate me in that area because it's, it's really interesting stuff, and I admit I don't know, you know, as much as you do about it. So, very cool. All right, so you guys play the show. It ends up being a success, and, uh, and kind of start fast-forwarding through how things start to progress for you guys in terms of getting management and entertainment lawyer, et cetera. Um, a lot of that was Mike Adoling, just... Um, <laughs> he's pimping us out, you know, to be in our right, right. Um, God bless that man. Um, we started touring just on our own, like real grassroots, just hitting the road, traveling as far as mm-hmm. we could. Started small, grew, and uh, you know we met friends and family and fans along the way, and um, just kept trucking. I think at the beginning we. Nice refuse to we refuse to be defeated you know like we're gonna do this mm-hmm. i don't care what you say we're gonna do this right <laughs> i 
I know that. And answer. we did. That's awesome. And we did. I right. played shows in front of two people before. And they were the people that let us stay at their houses in between cities, you know? And right. we played those shows and we threw down for those people because they're there to see us. They're supporting it. And slowly it went from two people to ten people to a hundred people. You know, it just grew and grew. It, it continues to grow. I think that that kind of that kind of foundation, you know, that those people were there from the beginning. They they saw what we were doing. They understood the message. And you know, I always tell people spread this spread the syndrome. It's like give it to somebody else too. And it right, creates that right. that family that family community vibe. I keep going back to the word community, but I don't have another adjective. That's good. No, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. So as the band is is building and you guys are getting more recognition, was the name Gemini Syndrome? Is that you know who came up with that? Tell us a little bit about. And I've read a little bit about it, but I want to hear from you know your end in describing uh, how you guys came up with that. It was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. This all kind of came together under that name. That's that's the umbrella. Like we're all part of that, you know. Everyone's contributed. Okay. Um, the name it's fine. It's it's evolved over time. In a sense, like you know, people say, "Well, ask what it means." And uh, at this point, my best explanation I can say is that Gemini is twins of the zodiac. That's duality. The syndrome mm-hmm. is a collection of traits or qualities, so you're bringing together the opposites of a syndrome, of, and it more or less is like the human condition, you know. Right. Uh, I think it was slightly different uh, when we started. It was it was more um, the same principle, but mm-hmm. of course, as time goes on, things evolve. So. Um, the symbolism has always been there. That was Richard, Richard's design. And, uh, oh, cool. That's, that's come over, like, it's come over the top and influenced everything else. Like, every song has a symbol. Every band member has a symbol. And creating this whole picture, it's not just music. There's, like, artwork to go with it, you know? Right, right. And I think all really that cool. ties back into the name. All that ties back into the point of it and what we're trying to say do. Definitely. And I think this idea, and it's it's funny because I don't you don't usually see this with bands, but I was thinking as you're talking about again the concepts of, of symbols and symbolism and, and different things representing stuff in the band, you you know, you could probably appreciate this. I'm thinking like young. You know, Carl Young and his symbols and the archetypes and yeah. you know what I mean? It was I was ding, like, ding, ding, oh ding, God, ding, I winner, winner. <laughs> Thank you. Like hit it on the head, man. That's where it all comes from for me, anyway. It's really cool, and I, I don't have much training. I mean, I remember studying for the licensing boards. I'm, you know, I'm licensed in the state of New Jersey, and you know, it was always cool stuff. I, but again, it it wasn't a theory that I was very well versed in. But I do remember the archetypes, and that's the first thing I thought when I was reading about you guys yesterday. I was like, wow, it's the whole principle of collective unconscious and tapping into something that's, you know, bigger than then we are mentally at least awake, you know, and that's why we use that, that system, you know, that's why we use symbols so that you're seeing something like you're seeing an eye in a pyramid. What does that mean? Is that a, 
Is that an Illuminati thing? Is that a Freemason thing? Well, yes, technically. Is it a Christianity thing? Yes, technically. Is it a Judaism right. thing? Yes, technically. <laughs> like, it depends on where you want to come from with it. But if, at the end of the day, that's affecting your, your brain power somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You see that symbol, and it's going to make you think something. And that just stimulates you to think. And hopefully that ties into everything else, the point of what we're trying to do. That's cool. That's really cool. And then the on the flip side, the other thing that was interesting I read about is just kind of you talking, I forget, I don't know if it was you or another band member in one of the articles I was reading, just about the concept of that we all have this potential for enlightenment and, you know, awakening. So then the other person I'm thinking of is like, Maslow and self-actualizing, and, and that's huge for me. I'm always trying to, you know, how can I become a better person? What can I do to grow and develop and, and become more insightful? So that was like the other thing I was thinking about with you guys. Was I don't know if I'm on point with that or not, but I was kind of thinking a little bit about his his theory and that type of thing when you're talking about that's, this potential for enlightenment. Absolutely. Um I mean, even going back to an earlier part of this conversation, the, the Buddha's talking about the fact that you are already awake. You just have to realize mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that also ties into the journey is more important than the end. It's not saying that I'm right. going to be enlightened someday. I'm going to show up somewhere and something's going to happen and it's going to change everything. <laughs> right. It's going to be amazing. Holy crap, I can't believe that just said. You know what I mean? It's not going to be that. It's not going to be exactly this flash of some sort of firework or something. The point is that you're doing it every day, and hopefully you can become aware of that as you're doing it every day. Mm-hmm. And that can make you more in the moment. That's what enlightenment is. That's a good point. I gotta. I, I try to. I don't exist too much in the moment, and I try to sometimes. It's always like, okay, what do I have to accomplish next? And where am I? Yeah, and you're right. It is. Well, it's hard, and I just got a Twitter update, and you know what I mean, like. It's hard to be in the moment. Oh, no, my email is blowing up. Oh, gosh, I have 15 right. notifications on Facebook. Well, that's like, <laughs> I suppose that's in the moment, kind of, but you know, it's hard. Right. But that's the way we yeah. communicate now, and all that changes as as technology grows and as the world changes around us. And I think it's really easy to lose touch of the actual human condition, like the actual thing we're going through and that's why emotions can strike you so quickly and you didn't see it coming, you know? Right. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about, again, I had so many songs that I like of yours that I want to play. Um, <laughs> I might even go to fit three. And if you have time, I appreciate I'll be able to fit that. three. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed them. Let's do, yeah, I mean, and it was interesting because as you were talking about, you know, the journey is more important in the end and that's in the song Syndrome. And I actually just uploaded that before we started the show because I had a few different songs uploaded, and I was like, ah, I might play that one. If it's okay, will you talk a little bit about growing up in adolescence? And and it was when I was listening to that song, I was very, of course, in tune because you're you're talking about, you know, some type of psychiatric condition or mental illness in it. And then I came across somewhere where you mentioned that you had struggled um, in your teens, I guess it was, with something. And is that song related to the situation that you were going through? Um. Uh- Yes and yes and no. Um, okay. It was written at a time, I mean, I was in my 20s at that point, uh, but my, my parents had gotten divorced. So you hear the mother-father references in each verse. Um, 
that's a direct, you know, expression of that. Uh, I did definitely go through a lot of depression as a kid. Um, Struggled with depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, Okay. Again, that song is like, uh, so how do I put this? It's a reminder to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of it's like a mantra. Even if I don't feel that way every day, I wrote that down so I would remember it later. Like the journey is more important than the end. Wake up, man. Smack myself across the back of the head, you know. Um, And remembering to to look inside and know that um, you're the creator of your own world. So people can tell you all sorts of things. But the strength right. I find, I find on the inside, like you got her, is a yeah, reminder to myself. That was the smack across the face because I, I can't tell you honestly that I live my life like that every day. I certainly don't. I wake up a lot of times like not in that headspace, and yeah, I wish sure. I was. I wish I was. It's been a lifelong thing. So, again, music is therapy. It's a way for me to remind myself that somehow, like today might suck, man. Like even an hour, it might get better. You just don't right, know. and that and that leader too. Just the strength I find I find on the inside is just again just so powerful, and personally to me, just has a lot of relevance and meaning. So it's just it was really cool, really cool hearing that too. So Glad let's check that. out this. That was one of the ones I had added, and I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to fit it in, but I definitely want to see if we can maybe even fit a third one in. Um, so yeah, so thanks for thanks for sharing the content about the song and and the relevance and how you wrote that song. All right, so we'll check that. Cool. All right, Aaron, we'll check that out, and then we'll come right back. All right. Okay. All right, everyone, Syndrome. It is a really cool song. It is later on their album, but uh, as I said, it's hard to pick these songs out when the album is that great. So let's check out Syndrome from Gemini Syndrome, no pun intended. And uh, we'll be back in a moment, and be sure to pick up a copy of their album, Lux, L-U-X, which is out right now.
once again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Syndrome by Gemini Syndrome, off of the album Lux, which is out now. So again, be sure to pick up a copy, and uh, let's bring Aaron back on so we can talk more about the album, upcoming tour that they're currently on, actually, and uh, much more. All right, Aaron, great song. Great, great song. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome stuff. So when you guys are writing music and you're you're putting a song together, do the members give you the instrumental? Do you kind of write some riffs and come up with ideas? How does how does the process work? I'm sure it's multifaceted, but is there any specific way that you guys go about doing things? Oh, uh, it's definitely multifaceted. It depends on the song. Uh, sometimes somebody will come to the table with an idea that's more or less start to finish, and then we just kind of add our mm-hmm. own seasoning and pepper to it. Uh, there's other right. songs that are written as a group on the spot in the moment. You know, is it really just it's a case by case basis? Okay. And please introduce all the members because I I was reflecting. I was like I wanted to say that to you because I know we've talked about um, you know the lead one guitarist, Rich. But please introduce the other guys too. Rich on guitar, Mike on guitar and vocals, AP on bass, and Brian on drums. Nice. Nice. And, again, top-notch musicians, which is uh, great. So, um, and it's hard to say this. What are some of, this is, you know, a question everyone asks. I want to throw something, you know, typical out there. What are some of your influences? I'm sure it's it's hard because, as you said, you guys have so many different dynamics and and genres, you know, spread throughout your music. Uh, You just kind of answered it. It's really eclectic for (laughs) everybody. No, it really is. Right. Like, you know, I came up, like I said, playing classical and jazz. I don't really listen to that anymore so much, but right. sometimes, but it's certainly a part of my life. Um, you know, Brian was in, like, drum corps, like marching drum stuff. Um, so very traditional kind of classical music training or whatever. Um, but as far as, like, what we listen to on a daily, it goes anything from, you know, metal, classic rock, Country, gangster rap, full crop. Wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, all of it. I'd say that for me personally, if I had to pick the things that I listen to out of my iPod the most, it would be Tech Nine, Carnival, Porcupine Tree, nice. uh, Mudvayne, and uh, uh, Aaliyah. Okay. So, or maybe Elliot Smith. Maybe he takes number five. But uh, okay, cool. It comes from all over the board, and I think that's what helps us as musicians is listening to everything. You know, when I'm coming to the table, listening to um, all metal all the time. So let's write a metal record. You know, we're all constantly being influenced by different stuff. Right. Did you guys find, because I mean, again, your album is phenomenal, but it definitely is not a cookie-cutter album. It's not like you can kind of say, you sound like this band or you sound like that band. Was that a concern? As You know, I've, I've from my experience doing some music, you know, people are like, well, if it doesn't kind of sound like something people can truly relate to, it, it might be a hard sell. Did you guys have any difficulties or challenges with that or, or no? Um, kind of, not really, I guess. We came, we came into <laughs> okay. it with a, 
Kind of not really, I guess. Not an answer at all. Um, it's okay. We came in with a vision for sure. We knew what we wanted to do. Um, but when we recorded, when we recorded Lux, and actually got in the studio, there were certainly some spots where, uh, between ourselves, between Kevin, our producer, everybody else involved, we're like, let's let's reanalyze this. Let's just see if we can make it better. See if we can make this song cooler. Right. Um, so in that sense, there was like the analysis of what we were doing. But right. I wouldn't say we were pushed too hard in uh, any particular direction. We still had a lot of freedom to create what we wanted to create and present. And that's great because it's, it's hard when you're kind of under the skies of, you know, someone sure. who's telling you what you need to do. And, and Warner Brothers, I'm assuming, when you're talking about having that flexibility and freedom was, was part of that. Absolutely. And, you, you know, you get cool. kind of, I think, concerned about something like that, going into a machine that size and thinking right. that they're just going to oh tell you God. what to do and whatnot. Luckily for us, um, you know, the team we have there, the, the core team that are really involved with us all the time, understand where we're coming from, understand where we want to go, and I think they believe in it just as much as we do. And uh, that makes it um, a much easier process for us to create, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you're, no pun intended, when you're restrained, so to speak, and that's a pretty strong word. But, yeah, I mean, when you don't have that flexibility and you and you feel like you're kind of boxed in, then it definitely stifles your creativity and, you know. Absolutely, and in, in the sense of, uh, you know, create it now and do it. Go, go be creative in this moment. Um, I think right. that's some, some pressure that, that a lot of musicians feel at some point in their career. And, uh, you know, sure. we, we certainly had that. There was certainly a push, you know what I mean? It's still a machine. You're still part of it. You're a cog in a wheel. And, right. uh, you know, everybody wants to be successful. And everybody wants the music to get to as many people as it can. So, you know, you have different influences pushing in all sorts of different directions. But I think particular situation we've had so many people pushing in the same direction that it's been a much easier flow for that energy to kind of manifest itself and become part of the world definitely definitely um so as we're talking about the album Lux, how do you guys come up with the title for that what is the what is the symbolism or relevance of that the word Lux is uh, a single unit of illumination. So in that sense, it was our first light to the world. Mm, cool. Very this cool. This little light of mine, I'm going to let <laughs> it shine. <laughs> very, very, no, I like that. I like that. Well, it definitely, again, captures who you guys are and, and the direction you're going in and, and what you're trying to put out there. So how is the tour? It's it's a new tour, right, that you just started out on with Exodus and I Set to Kill? How how many shows have you done so far? Uh, we've been out since early April. We did a oh, couple okay. weeks. Oh, okay, you've been out for a while. With, uh, yeah, we did uh, a couple weeks with Star Set, who we toured with oh, back okay. in December as well. Um, they just left us a couple days ago. We did a couple shows, a handful of shows with uh, 
devour the day. Uh, I-6 okay. kill just met up with us a couple days ago. Exotype comes out. I want to say tomorrow. I could be wrong. I'm not looking at the sheet right now, so um, don't quote me on that. But And then we've just been routing through uh, the festivals and stuff. We just did Welcome to Rockville in Jacksonville, Florida. We did Youth Fest in Phoenix. Uh, nice. We just did Carolina Rebellion yesterday. I am uh, not as sunburned as I thought I would be. But, uh, oh, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting my stars for that one because right. I didn't I didn't put any sunscreen on yesterday for the bathroom. Okay. Um, and we, yeah, we played at one, and we did interviews and press and signings, like, all day, so I was in the sun constantly. Not good. Uh, wow. But the show was great. The response was awesome. Now we go to uh, we'll start working our way up the coast and uh, make it over to Rock on the Range, Rock, Oklahoma. Routing in between nice. all those headline dates. Uh, it's been good. It's been really good. That's great. That's great. So um, let me think what else. Want to try to fit one more song in? You got a few minutes? Yeah, I'm hanging out. Okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, God, the I stories 50, I have, Aaron. Oh, my gosh. I got What's 57% that? of my phone. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. As long as you're hanging in there. Yeah, just um, and and that's something I don't know if you use that. I mean, I know you have your own stuff that you use for therapy, but comedy is something I use. I mean, I will find the most disturbing things. I'll find something in it that has humor in it, and just uh, if I could share some of the stories that I've had with people that have called into my show, everything from amateur to some of the national bands out there, and you're just doing such a great job, and you're making my job easy. So just let you know, you have an amazing interview. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, no, thank you. That's, that's a great compliment. I actually, I love comedy. I think it's one of the most important art forms on the planet. Um, yeah. I've joked with. I've joked with quite a few people in my camp about someday being a stand-up comic because I've seen so much stupid nice. crap. Maybe someday I'll get up there and I'll make albino jokes all day or something. I don't know. Right, right. Well, that, well we got to, if if you're interested, if, you know, reach out to Tom. I'll give him my information. I would love to write with someone more in the lines of some type of a sitcom or I have some really funny ideas with my psychology background. And it's just finding the right people, as you know, that have the same direction and motivation and perseverance, et cetera. So always looking for cool people to work with. <laughs> oh, but um, who are some like of the that. comedians that you like? Pardon? Who are some of the comedians that you like? Uh, the last few years, it's been a lot of Doug Stanhope, Louis okay. C.K. Um, of course, like the classics like Carlin and uh, right. Ken- Kinnison. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that uh, Doug Stanhope. I think he's very under the radar. He's very offensive. There's no doubt about that. But uh, right. I think he's very on point in a lot of ways too. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm into the dirty, mean, nasty, angry comics. <laughs> <laughs> I love right. I love Cat Williams. He's one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, nice. What was that? I just watched the DVD a couple of weeks ago. I forget the guy's name though. Um, All right, cool, cool. Well, thanks uh, for sharing. A bunch that. of them. A bunch of them. <laughs> Especially the angry ones. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that stuff too. Definitely. Yeah, the more disturbing, the angrier stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Some, 
Let yeah. him, we'll, we'll come back. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. If you had something else you wanted no, to was, go on. No, that, that, that was it. That was it. That was it? it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Morningstar, and I think it's very interesting the way that you spelt it. And I don't think I even recognized that until I was, like, uploading it to the station. I was like, wow, it's actually M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, that was that one stood out to me right away. Like like I told you, as I was really getting into the music, that one, for whatever reason, was one that pulled me in. So talk a little bit about that one and, and the content and meaning of that song. Okay. Um, I was going through a very difficult time in my life, personally. The band was still doing great. We were touring everything, but there were some internal things that were going on, and I was very upset. So that's where the M-O-U-R comes from. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find a way to... I was trying to find a story, I guess, to... Uh, relate to what I was feeling and the story of Lucifer came up in my head Lucifer was the most loved of all the angels by God until he wanted to be God and then was cast out of the sight okay. so again if you listen to the, the lyrics of that song first verse that heaven still holds me second verse right. heaven, heaven doesn't want me and now heaven disowned me so it's that slow castration from um, from love and uh, that's how I was feeling at the time and that's how I wrote what my pain was was using a a religious metaphor Um, and again going back to yeah there's like crazy how many cycles there are in this conversation going back to um, (laughs) the journey is more important than the end uh, nobody gets out alive, and I know there's no way to buy my way in. Right. We're talking about, you know, heaven, like you can't do, you know, deeds or whatever to to make it into the blessing of God. And that's kind of a direct relation back to how you live your life. And as, as upset as I was or hurting or whatever, using... You know, this band using music to to express that stuff and and remembering that, like, hey, man, like, at least you're still breathing. You're still here. You're still part of the world. Right. You're not cast out of the sight, you know. Again, another very uh, deep song that you have there. And as I said, definitely one of the ones that I was really, like I said, pulled into and drawn, drawn to immediately. I appreciate that. I think it's my favorite on the record. Oh, is it really? I think so. I think that's my favorite song on the record. Take cool. This is a cool. close second. But. Oh, yeah, that one's good, too. Definitely. And I like Left of Day, too. That one's great, too. So. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, this one's a little longer than the other one, so let's uh, let's check this one out, okay? And then we'll come back right. and uh, start, you know, wrapping things up, okay? I like it. Okay, hold on, Aaron. All right, again, uh, you are listening to Aaron Nordstrom uh, from Gemini Syndrome. We're going to check out Star, which, as I mentioned, is one of my personal favorites, if not my personal favorite, and he also concurred. So here we go. Check it out, Morning Star, and we'll be back in a moment.
application Journey through another maze I found my way through recapitulation Everything is still a haze But heaven still holds me I live my life inside imagination Keep the secrets I have made It's a
All right, everyone, again, Gemini Syndrome and their hit single, Morning Star, off of the album Lux, which is out right now. And that is the third song we played tonight. So if for any reason you tuned in late, a podcast of the interview will be available after it is over. It's available for free. You can stream it. You can download it. So please check out the interview with Aaron. It's it's been a great interview. We're going to bring him back on right now. All right, Aaron, and you're back on. What's that? Yes, ma'am. I said unmuted. What did you say? Unmuted. Put the phone on. Unmuted. (laughs) Okay. Unmuted. Unmuted. So you are back. I'm back. Awesome. Great song. You know what's funny? I was listening to that song in the beginning, and I don't know why this just came into my head. And and again, it could have no relevance, but we seem to be on this uh, similar wavelength, so to speak, tonight. Um, Did you ever see the movie The Omen, like the, the original one? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. Right. Do you remember the part where they're, like, chanting something? And I just, in the beginning of that song, it's it's very, I can't even describe it. But if you check it out, it's just, I, I hear that kind of thing. And it's interesting because you talked about the song, you know, dealing with kind of heaven and Lucifer and all that type of stuff. And, of course, the omen is dealing with the devil and that type of stuff. So it was just really interesting. I don't know. A weird analogy. Might mean nothing. <laughs> no, you're totally on the right page, or at okay. least in the right book. You know, it comes from in the right book from that chant idea, that chant principle of of having a group of people, you know, recite something. And uh, right, yeah, you're totally you're totally yeah. right. Cool. All right. So again, another great track. And again, maybe we'll do an interview one day where I can just interview you about each of the songs, and we'll do kind of that type of interview. <laughs> so where are you guys at? Yeah, that'd be great. Where are you guys at right now? I mean, you've been promoting the heck out of this album. Are you starting to write for a second album, or you're still kind of really fixated right now on just you know really getting this one out there? No, we constantly write. All of us. Okay. Tons of material at this point. Um, I can't say that it's all finished, but there's, you know, we're always right. writing, writing ideas and, you know, me writing lyrics, there's always riffs going on, People, you know, you've got to record it on your iPhone or whatever. Um, that's a mm-hmm. constant factor. At this point, we are in uh, Charlotte or just outside of it, I think, mm-hmm. North Carolina, going up to Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you can find all our dates on GeminiSyndrome.com We're just touring <laughs> Nice We're just driving, driving so, places Playing shows Great How long are you guys Going to go on this tour for? Is it going to go on For a while longer? This one started April 10th I think was the first show And then uh, Everything is still Kind of in the works I think we'll be done Early June For like a couple weeks and then back out again uh, for I don't know how long. Wow. As long as we can. We right. tour a lot. Right. Last year we were out from February, March, April, May, two weeks off. June, two weeks off. July, two weeks off. August, September, October two weeks off, something like that. It was insane. Gosh. Yeah, yeah so, that must be. We're touring about 70% of the time, I'd say. 
That's a lot. Do you um, want to take a call real quick? It looks like we got a caller calling in. Sure. Kind of a weird number. Let's see if let's see if it's a legitimate caller. I'm not sure what it is because the number is really strange. But okay. And for some reason, it's taking a while to register. Oh, no, nope, the person dropped. I don't know. Maybe they were just, you can sometimes call in and just listen to. Maybe that's what they were doing. So sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> so, well, again, Aaron, great interview tonight. And I would really appreciate it if, if one of the members could post it on your Facebook page because it was just such a great interview. And I feel like, you know, you shared a lot of, you know, cool information that was not necessarily found in other places. So if people could check it out and we could spread the word about you guys and hit more of your fans, that would be awesome. I appreciate that. All right. Sorry, I had somebody so, calling um, me at that at that exact moment, too. That was weird. <laughs> and, uh, one of the guys from Miss May I calling me. Huh. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, so if, if, if someone, I don't know if it's your, your manager or someone manages the page, but that will be great. Once the interview's over, the, the podcast will be available. People can download it. They can stream it. So it would be really cool be if awesome. we could uh, get uh, it out there for your I will talk to our, our good friend Tom. I will talk to Tom. Thank you. <laughs> I think Tom, I think Tom um, can handle all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, he's been great. He's been just a pleasure to work with, very professional, and uh, it's really easy going. Yeah, I love he's, that, he's great. Like, straight up, I love he's that, man. Really he's awesome. Cool. <laughs> nice. Aw. We've been doing interviews, and then I call him immediately afterwards, and we talk for, like, half an hour about the interview. Like, oh. How'd it go? Oh, no, he's, he's, like, he's a friend now, man. He's family. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I wish I could be a fly on that wall to hear what you have to say. <laughs> you there? I am here. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Pass um, off well, lighters to uh, Somebody was asking for a lighter to light a cigarette. And uh, ah, I have you. Sorry. Nice. No, no problem. Not a problem. Well, again, you're welcome, Aaron, back on the show anytime. So I look forward to seeing what's going to come with you guys. And uh, please come back on when you have some new music or just if there's something interesting you guys want to promote, just uh, hit up Tom and he can contact me. And, yeah, we'll keep in touch. I will gladly talk to you anytime. Okay, great. And much success, Aaron, to you and the band. Uh, you guys are doing some great stuff, and uh, you have all good things coming just from the hard work and amazing music that you guys put out there. I appreciate it. All right. So thanks so much again. Much success to you, and I look forward to uh, hopefully having you back on in the future. I hope so. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care, Aaron. Have a great night. You too. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Aaron Nordstrom from Gemini Syndrome. Wow, almost an hour and a half interview with him. We probably could have went on for another half hour, but i got to let the poor guy go because this is uh, one day off on his tour that they are just touring nonstop. So check out Gemini Syndrome. Go to GeminiSyndrome.com and pick up a copy of their album, Lux, which is out right now in stores. Download it. And uh, spread the word about these guys. Great interview, as I mentioned. If you tune in late, as soon as I close out the show, the interview will be available to download uh, as a podcast. You can stream it, you can download it, etc. 
Thanks again for tuning in. Please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where I post all the links for upcoming shows, interview, and more. And uh, if you want, I have two Facebook pages. One of them is maxed out, but I love to keep in touch with people personally. So befriend me on Facebook, and we can keep in touch that way. If you follow me on Carrie Edelman at Twitter, I will also follow you back. And, uh, again, let's keep in touch next week and – not next weekend, actually, next Monday, a week from today, which would be – the 12th, we have the rock band, the Raskins, coming on. They're going to be touring, actually, with uh, Scott Weiland. So uh, if you want to tune in and check those guys out, they'll be on at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And then I'm still in the process of got a big waiting list of, of bands, comedians, and other entertainers that we're going to be bringing on the show in the near future. So I, again, appreciate your support. We wouldn't be here today without it, and it's an honor to bring all these entertainers on to support them and help them spread the word and get it out there. So thanks again to Tom George from Fix It Publicity tonight for creating this interview and putting it together. It was such a great interview with Aaron. And again, please people spread the word, share the podcast, and uh, let's get more out there about Gemini Syndrome and their phenomenal album Lux out right now. Thanks again, everyone, and have a great night.